What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Sport. I'm here with Earl Kunkel, two-time world champion, soon-to-be three-time world champion, co-author of the year. Earl, yeah. hello. What's up, Dane? How you doing? Good. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. Yeah, I'm I'm going to plead the fifth, <laughs> but let's just say not having it today. What do you think you can do as an adult? Like, let's say you're trying to get your give your children a lesson when you have a real bad day and you don't even want to talk about it. Um, one of the good things I think you could give kids is sort of um, I, I want to I don't know the official word, but I think like affect control. Yeah. Also, like naming it. Like saying, this is what's going on right now. This is how I feel. I know this will pass or whatever. Like, I know these are the steps I have to take to deal with it yeah. in whatever way and roll with it. That may be a little too complicated for a kid. But, like, the idea is, like, recognize how you're feeling. Yeah. And then, if you can, reflect on what got you there. Yeah. And move from it. I think, too, it's like, one, I even if it is too complicated, I think the more you repeat those things to children, the the better they yeah. get at it themselves later on. But I do think uh, another lesson is just like, hey, you had a bad day, like, or you had a really bad thing happen to you. Like, uh, it doesn't mean it's okay to treat other people poorly. Yeah. What happens when you're the one treated poorly, Dane? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Hypertrophy. Makes you less I think athletic, even if you're treated it. poorly, you, you you need to try your hardest not to treat others poorly. All right. I concur with you. Okay. So hypertrophy. Let's roll. Hypertrophy. I love hypertrophy. Does it make you less athletic? Like young kids, old men. <laughs> young and, kids, old men. And our men, selected any, ladies that are probably yeah. listening to this. Women. The um, 6%. You know they love becoming swole. Yeah, yeah. Like every – I'm – particular i don't even know if i have it because i can't see it but like a, a back is like where it's like oh wow they're, they're strong like, yeah, yeah biceps it's like anyone can get that happen yes. except for you you can't do that Dan. you're all <laughs> tricep forearms which no one else can get but me but you know to get like those bigger muscles like yeah you have to slog through a pain fest like yes. it, it doesn't just happen like traps take years yeah it, you have to go so um let's start off by defining Something such as athleticism, because that's what we're talking about. Like, does hypertrophy make you less athletic? <laughs> does hypertrophy make you less athletic? So if we're defining athleticism, I think the best way to define that is uh, coordinating as well as you possibly can. And that might mean, you know, let's just say as quickly as possible. Uh, because if you typically, if you can recruit, motor units and muscle fibers and muscle groups together as rapidly as possible you can also do them a little bit slower as well uh, so you can handle different tempos and whatnot not always the case but for the most part now um, I would argue that some of the, like some of the the big factors outside of outside of this is understanding that there are technical, uh, things like baseball or or hitting a tennis ball. And I think that, to me, there's like two forms of athletic ability. There's being able to, to rapidly recruit, basically. Okay. But then there's also things like throwing a baseball, shooting a basketball, you know, hitting a, a 
a shuttlecock or a, a tennis ball or shuttlecock. Yeah, anything along those lines takes a lot of coordination. Launching a shuttlecock. <laughs> so there's like two variables that I sort of come into play there. And I think that those aspects also need to be, you know, sort of factored into a point All when right. we're thinking about hypertrophy. So if I'm I'm hearing it right, being faster. Yeah. You know, you move heavyweight fast is better, if yeah. you will, right? probably making that up or i heard it before somewhere I probably yeah. heard it from you I yeah heavy um, fast is and king. then there's this athleticism like that's very <laughs> skill specific yeah if you will like yeah shooting baseball i was just thinking about a rifle because someone was asking me um, earlier this week what is the like the biathlon and i was like yeah you ski and you shoot yeah. they were like they have it up here that you're swimming and rowing and i was like well that sounds like a biathlon. It's two sports, but yeah, the winter by like yeah, the official biathlon. The official. All right, so th- that's what athleticism is. How is it then? Like, I don't know. I, I want to say demonstrated, displayed, and what's the difference between like athleticism in a closed skill sport versus athleticism in an open skilled sport? Okay, so a closed skilled sport for anyone would be, let's just say, a sprinter. They're running on a 100-meter track over and over and over again. Um, they're doing the same repetitive motion. A shot putter is a closed skill. They're going to be rotating and doing the same movement over and over again. An open skill is going to be something that's unplanned like football, American football or soccer or uh, tennis. Is uh, It's unplanned. There's It's planned to a point, but there's a lot of unplanned things that your body has to adjust to within the game. So... Those are the two differences. It's almost like open skilled. There's more inputs coming at you. Yeah. For decisions you have to make from an athletic perspective. Yes, that's where close skill. Like, you know what inputs coming. Yeah. And it's totally predictable. One hundred percent. Yeah. And it's what I think is that one isn't better than the other, but you have to train your body uh, to be able to recruit for all of those various variables you know so wrestling is an open skilled sport that has you have open skilled right you have to be extremely mobile extremely explosive uh you have to be extremely strong you also have to have a ton of power endurance so all of these qualities all these characteristics that are needed to be successful in the sport have to be trained and i think that that is part of this equation with hypertrophy is that now it's factoring in like, okay, where does that come into play for a sport like wrestling versus football versus swimming versus shot put versus, yeah, you know. You're like speaking of wrestlers. Like I've seen a few elite level wrestlers with like the thick thighs and calves. Yeah. But I've also seen some that are like. Twigs. Yeah, they're yeah. twigs, but their lats are always like, you know. Yoked. Yeah. Yeah. Lats. I think lats, biceps, and forearms. Yes. Traps as well. Your forearms are getting smaller. I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> That's not true. You're just doing that to get inside of my head. But this is an example where hypertrophy is going to occur in a sport like wrestling strictly based off of the fact that um, they're going to be doing sports-specific work where there is a sense of mechanical load, and that's one of the main things that, that forces an adaptation. So it's like looking at what causes hypertrophy, what might cause it in a sport, and then what might cause it in training, and then how can we then train that properly so that we can excel in the sports performance world. Let's drill down deeper there. Okay. All right. You know, 
you can go get your Chevron coal or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Do they do coal? I don't know. Whatever. Chevron? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was just like Tamaqua Coal Company. Or yeah. We're Redding like around coal. the anthracite. We're close yeah. enough, right? Yeah. Um, mechanical tension. Yep. Muscle damage. Metabolic stress. Talk to us about it. Okay. So those are like the... Uh, so metabolic stress and uh, muscle damage. Those and, and mechanical tension. Those are like the mechanisms that cause an adaptation. So if you look at, you know, using a, a muscle damage, okay, so let's say you're doing a slow eccentric back squat. Eccentric movements that are going to be slower will cause potentially more damage to the muscle. And then the, the mechanism to adapt is to uh, mobilize, proliferate satellite cells, which then come to the site, they come to the construction site, they heal that muscle group up, and then the muscle in turn might get bigger or and, uh, and in turn also get stronger because there's myonuclei, myonuclei donated from the satellite cells, so that makes them stronger but also more hypertrophic. That would be from muscle damage. Um, metabolic stress might happen from, uh, let's just say a good example would be, <clears throat> you know, you do a crazy CrossFit wad or you're training BFR. Boy. Yeah, so you're doing like blood flow restriction. That's when there's a large amount of uh, sort of like metabolic stress that then triggers that to, uh, triggers your body to adapt with a large amount of, you know, hormones and, and, and different things that respond to heal and, and to help your, your body recover to feel better, to get back. Does to your immune system have anything to do with the muscle recovery? Yeah. Your immune system has a ton to do okay. with, because the, there's things called myokines that, um, also, you know, looking at the muscle now as an organ, uh, your, your muscle can communicate to other areas and, and will release myokines, which in turn will impact your immune system. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I, I just asked that for because of what you were saying. I was just listening as best I can. <laughs> and I hope all of you out there are listening as best you can. And if you want some more knowledge, maybe you should go buy a book. I don't know. What do we got out there? Sports Performance Bible. Sports Performance Bible is the best. Yeah, get that one. There's a course, too. You may like that. The course is excellent. Yeah. You get to see Dane's pretty face, too. For like seven hours straight. Yeah, it's a lot of Dane. <laughs> <laughs> but you can pause it, come back to it, you yeah, know, and get over it. Yeah. Because we know you masters of sports listeners out there, you are always trying to improve those brain gains and so. be hypertrophic in your brain. Yeah. Hypertrophy. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh myofibular and sarcoplasmic and Okay. So ligaments too. Yeah, so these are the types. So when there's uh that that the mechanistic adaptation would be you know the the metabolic stress or the satellite cell uh proliferation right if you look at you know if you look at uh the actual adaptation that will occur it would be like myofibrillar hypertrophy which is essentially um adding more myofibrils to muscle to muscle fiber to make that stronger to be able to handle that mechanical load in the future the mechanical load that is it that is sensed uh through muscle spindles golgi tendon organs all of these it's almost things. like putting more braces in place for the weight that's yeah coming yeah way. exactly and then uh sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is typically going to happen a little bit more um i feel a little bit more with uh more potential muscle damage but also uh with more metabolic stress so if you're doing 
let's just say you're doing a bench press with like five sets of this 20. This is why the CrossFitters look so yoked. Yeah, yeah. They might have more sarcoplasmic hypertrophy occurring, but then in turn, because they also lift heavy, there there comes in a point where there's more myofibrillar hypertrophy after that uh, uh, aqueous fluid fills the the and expands the the sarcoplasm so i love aqueous fluid and the redundancy of it yeah it, it is grammarly would be like knock it off <laughs> the aqueous <laughs> portion <laughs> yeah um and then about 15 to 20 percent of your hypertrophy that will occur is going to be within your your tendons and your ligaments and your your joint capsules so you know as um load increases or as your muscle can handle more load there's a point of communication uh, with GTOs and with muscle spindles that now uh, leads to a thicker and, and collagenous buildup of, of your tendons and of your ligaments so that, it, that your joint can also be stable with various co-contractions when there is higher uh, placement of that, that extended loading. Excellent. I, love, I feel like I'm getting so much information right now, just boom, to the point. You're not rambling like we tend to do. I'm trying. It's pretty. I'm trying to be as concise as I, I know. Can. You're doing a good job. I'm complimenting you, buddy. And, and so right. I was just thinking when I'm when I'm going back to this, if if hypertrophy does it make you more athletic or not? Like that question of like, oh, man, that's that was what I was. Gonna I don't want to get bigger. Well, that then like you know you don't want to get bigger than you don't want to handle more force. Yeah. You What's don't, the answer? Yeah, you don't want to handle more tension. You don't want to be able to apply more force to an opponent. You don't want to be able to run faster. And it's like looking at someone like you know Usain Bolt got bigger throughout his career. When he retired, he was still six six, and you know, to the to the naked eye, the untrained, unskilled individual, a thinner dude. But if you would flash back to Usain Bolt running the 200 meters and the 400 meters back when he was younger, when he was 17, you'd be like, wow, he was a twig. Yeah. It's like, dude, he matured. He got bigger. He, he created, you know, his muscles got larger. And, and over time, uh, he became more hypertrophic. He, and, and when you become more hypertrophic, ideally, and I think the simplest way to think about this, and I know we say this a lot, is that if my muscle gets bigger and there's always a point of diminishing returns i believe or or there's also a point of it's more uh, trade-offs right yeah there yeah trade-offs where it's like i don't want to train if i want to be absurdly hypertrophic like like he-man hypertrophic um cgi hulk hypertrophic yeah right? if i want to do that i will train big time sarcoplasmic hypertrophy constantly and end up looking like you know potentially let's just say ideally i would love to look like arnold back in like the 70s right um that's what would be happy and that would help you be a better athlete in the sport of bodybuilding so that hypertrophy makes you a better athlete for bodybuilding now that type of hypertrophy so sarcoplasmic full tilt is not what we would want to look for in a gymnast in a gymnast we would want probably you know something like 75% myofibrillar hypertrophy with 25% sarcoplasmic hypertrophy so yes they're going to be super defined they're going to be jacked like a bodybuilder but they won't be as hulkingly large so you as a coach a programmer in your periodization like have to take that concept that thought and weigh that out specific to the sport your client the athletes being trained yeah for. their goals what sport they're involved in and then also what type of hypertrophy they're going to get from their their sport yeah. 
And I think that that's like some of the key factors. Even, um, yeah, even if you look at you know, the guy who broke the the two two hour barrier in the marathon, Kip Chagy, you can look at his hamstrings, and you can even see in a marathoner that he has hypertrophy happening in his hamstrings. Like, dude, these guys don't go through life without having this happen. Yeah, there has to be some type of metabolic stressor, especially for a marathoner, metabolic or mechanical load. The tension that goes into uh, and the mechanical load that goes that the body adapts to from running a marathon is going to be more, you know, instead of being 15 to 20 percent in the joints, it's probably going to be closer to 30. So that's stuff that you need to prepare for um, as a coach and as an athlete. And it will make you more athletic specific to running the marathon or specific to, uh, you know, if I wanted to be a football player, I might want more size uh, yeah. to train. Give me those full shoulders, boulders, right? Boulder right. shoulders. Where right. can you get the boulder shoulders at? Oh, we have a boulder shoulder uh, uh, program, strength training program, available at garagestrength.com if you actually want to get bigger shoulders yeah. that are healthy and can take hits for football or you just want to look good and nice and swole. Awesome. All right, so quick on this, mobility with the hypertrophy gains like people be like yo i'm on this i can't do like yeah i can't I'm, i can't be mobile i think that's such a talk about the chinese weightlifters go ahead yeah <laughs> i think that's such like a misnomer as well it's like the i don't want to get big and bulky and i don't want to like have all this uh, impingement blah 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 you can you can look at chinese uh weightlifters and see how just shredded they are and the positions that they can hit with all the crazy range of motion because they prioritize that in training and if you look at bodybuilders, people will say, oh, well, they're not mobile. Go watch a session on Mike O'Hearn train. Dude, these guys are and women are some of the most mobile individuals because if they're lengthening their muscles, now they have more potential uh, for that muscle to grow. There's also some science, some science that might, you know, it could be questionable, but there's something called hyperplasia, which is when uh, uh, a New muscle word. cell will split into two muscle cells. It has happened. It has been seen to occur in avian popula populations, so like within birds. But a lot of bodybuilders. Hyper wait, no. Yeah, hyperplasia. <laughs> uh, a lot of bodybuilders will prioritize mobility work and, and prioritize uh, stretching and, and flexibility because it helps them get bigger longer and it also helps with uh um you're trying to get bigger and longer too aren't you dane <laughs> yeah also with their balance uh side to side yes i, I symmetry I, yeah symmetry sorry you got me Does off it, track with that my comment. bad sorry <laughs> yeah roman uh, doesn't sponsor this episode i wasn't saying anything about that 45 percent of men make, suffer from ed i was just making a and roman's here to change that i was okay? just making a joke all trust right? me <laughs> I, I, I hope it worked out. All right. Audience questions. Let's roll. You ready? YouTube yeah. community. Thomas Andrew. I was waiting for like the Anderson, but I was wrong. I'm trying to become a better Velodrome. proper name. This dude's got to be like 100% English. I'm trying to become a better <laughs> Velodrome track cyclist. And I'm wondering what exercises besides squats are the best option for building speed as a mat match sprinter. Thanks. Oh, okay, so Thomas Andrews, a velo velodrome uh, sprinter, sprint cyclist. Uh, so a lot of what he should be focusing on is 100% he's accurate with squats. Um, I also believe he should be doing a lot of single leg squats, a lot of step-ups, um, a lot of weightlifting movements like power snatches. Uh, I even would say uh, reflexive movements to help 
But there's also one thing, and we're going to be doing a video on this. Dude, in... Like, subscribe. Yeah, yeah. In, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring that notification bell from the Garage Strength YouTube channel because this is going to be on there, also from Master Sport, is a movement that everybody hates. But if you're doing an exercise where there's knee extension with hip flexion, this exercise can really, really help Thomas, in this case, improve his performance out on the track, and that's going to be single leg leg press and leg press. So those are that's Ooh. another exercise that can really, really help with sprint cyclists. Rise of the machines. <laughs> All right, second one, Reddit. Charlie Ferdler. This is very long. Hi, Coach Dane and GS team. Thanks. Hi, Charlie. Just curious if you plan on doing a video or series about how to adjust workout habits for new parents or just anyone with a crazy schedule. Personally, I have 45 minutes max on a good day to work out. Usually, I'm lucky to have 30 minutes. And being a parent with a one-year-old who sleeps horribly and a second expected in two months, my sleep oh, wow. schedule is terrible at best. I would definitely appreciate a video or simple advice below on what you generally you recommend. Peak Thanks. Strength. Additionally, Ooh, I use the more. peak strength app and played around with it a lot over the past few days. I love it. Heck yeah, nice. I just nice. wish it had an additional option of time limit. A few options. It's like 30, 45 minutes, 45, 60 yeah. minutes, 60 plus minutes. We'll let Trevor know. Yeah, we'll Would probably benefit many others and not just me. My thought is to just simply remove sets or reduce reps, but I know it's not always that easy with certain programs you have created. Thank you, Charlie Ferdler, for that uh, testimonial, my man, yeah. a person. Way to go, individual. You. Yeah. Uh, what I would say, one, we should I'll talk to Jason and Trevor about this, um, is we could definitely do that on peak strength. I think that would be phenomenal. And any of those, you know, those comments around peak strength, it's a great app. It's an absolutely uh, well-designed, well-coordinated. Uh, I think it's going to entirely change uh, fitness industry apps uh it's absolutely incredible but now to answer your question you can get it on android and ios now yeah android oh. and ios for sure okay. yeah at the in the app store and google play um and you can go to peakstrength.app if you go to peakstrength.app you can pick it up and you'll get seven days of free uh peak strength usage mm -hmm. and there's 35 different sports that we program for so you'll get a a program you put in your peak date and we program that backwards now going back to the question for parents i think that you know and i've got four children so i've dealt with this myself and my wife has dealt with it even more so and it's one of those things is just looking at the wins, looking at a 15-minute workout works. You can get on the assault bike and go 70 RPMs for 15 minutes, and you will be dead. Smoked. Yeah. Now, you can go in and go, hey, I want to go back squat. I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to do five sets of five. I'm only taking two minutes rest, and you're going to get a really good workout. So take those wins and try and prioritize You know, based off of your goals. If my goals are max strength, I'm going to back squat. I'm going to bench. I'm going to deadlift. Those are going to be my, my things I want to focus on. If it's endurance, it's going to be, you know, assault bike, rower, whatever. So just prioritize that and take the wins. And when your new child comes along, uh, make sure you plan ahead. And, and, and Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. All right. Until next hypertrophy. time. Hypertrophy. Hypertrophy does make you a better athlete. Peace. Later.